A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And happy Friday. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Thanks for tuning in with me this morning. I can't believe it's already the last day of World Dairy Expo. The farm team will be around the grounds again today. If you see us, say hi. And the fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee will be broadcasting live from 9.30 to 11 this morning with Compere Financial. If you're out there, expect partly cloudy skies with highs in the mid-50s. We'll catch up with Stu Muck in about 15 minutes to see what we can expect in terms of weekend temperatures, rain chances, and frost activity. Today, we'll also continue our focus on National 4-H Week and World Dairy Expo coverage. There's a few other notable events that are coming to Wisconsin this month, and we'll feature those later this morning. Don't go away. It's all right here. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFin Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Whether it's the sound of the carnival or the taste of the cotton candy or your first blue ribbon, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to offer cash prizes for your fair stories. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there is no limit, so tell us all of your stories. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. Starting to wrap up National 4-H Week, Opportunity for All, the theme this year. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And, of course, the uh, 4-H clubs and county committees around the state get help and guidance from the 4-H Foundation. And, uh, Charity, you understand uh, how 4-H works in Wisconsin. What's the update from the foundation? Well, like you said, 4-H is the nation's largest youth development organization, with more than 6 million members and over 90,000 clubs. So that's a lot of people for the foundation to help. And at its heart, 4-H is very similar to the organization from 108 years ago. The basis was experiential learning then, and it is just that today. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Brenda Scheider, executive director of the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation, shares more about how 4-H has evolved from when it started in the early 1900s to now, and the impact that it has on people throughout the state, regardless of where they live. 
At its heart, 4-H is very similar to the organization from 108 years ago. The basis for 4-H was experiential learning then, and it's certainly experiential learning now. And what that means is learn by doing. Kids 108 years ago, when 4-H started in Wisconsin, were learning by doing, and that's what kids are doing across the state of Wisconsin today. But beyond that, certainly 4-H has grown with its depth and breadth of program offerings. Kids can explore projects based in arts and communications, in animal science, in technology, in any number of activities and thoughts and ideas. And that's what really is great about 4-H. It's not one thing. It's many things, but it's all based in learning and developing skills, both hard skills as well as the soft skills like confidence and leadership and public speaking that will help our kids to be the leaders of the future. The pandemic really impacted how 4-H clubs work, but they still pushed through. How did you persevere so that members could still reap the benefits of 4-H during that time? The one thing that is true for all 4-Hers is that they're resilient. And it was never more apparent than in 2020 during the pandemic when kids had to pivot, where 4-H groups had to pivot and figure out a way that kids could continue to have experiences but do it in a safe environment. And so we're coming out of that pandemic learning a couple of things, and that is that kids still want to get together. They want to have the social aspect of 4-H. And so 4-H clubs and county activities and state activities and even nationally and internationally are returning to in-person activities and events and meetings. And that's really helped to bolster the 4-H experience for our kids. We're also learning that there is a place for virtual activities as well in areas across the state where transportation is an issue, in activities where kids can connect with other kids that they wouldn't otherwise be able to. There is a place for virtual programming as well. And so what we learned through 2020 is that we can take the best of both experiences and meld it together together so that kids have a really strong opportunity to learn and to grow individually as well as within a group. How is enrollment now in 4-H post-pandemic and what do you see the future of 4-H looking like? We certainly are seeing a comeback from pandemic years where membership lived. I think all youth-serving organizations would tell you the same story and that is 2020 was a difficult year for our kids. They disengaged and they stopped attending activities and really kind of retreated and we're seeing a resurgence of interest in 4-H across the state and membership is back on the rise. And we, of course, want that to continue because this program really benefits our kids, not only as they're going through the program, but also for their lifetime. They're learning the skills that will make them successful adults. And so we are seeing a rise in enrollment. Our enrollment year for 2022-2023 just kicked off just a few weeks ago. And so it's exciting to see the number of new members that are coming on board and the number of new clubs that are being created created and the number of new county programs and state programs that will help to support those kids and to provide them with that educational opportunity. What is the benefit of being in 4-H that you see since you are in that leadership role as the executive director and what are you seeing from members? I was a 4-H member back about a thousand years ago and my experience as a new 4-H'er was that I was valued as a member and I was a nine-year-old kid in a room full of much older kids and very much intimidated and what struck me is something that still sticks with me today is that, you know, my voice was heard. My vote was counted when we took vote. When I gave my talk or my demonstration in front of the group, they all listened and paid attention to this nine year 
old kid. And it really gave me a lot of confidence. It gave me a sense of community. And it really launched me into a situation where I felt like the world was my oyster and I could do anything that I wanted if I set my mind to it. And I think that that experience that I had is very similar to the experiences that many other 4-H alumni and current 4-Hers have. And that is 4-H allows you to have a voice. It allows you to explore. It allows you to succeed. And frankly, it allows you to fail in a very safe environment. You learn what our opportunities are and you learn what are your strengths and you learn to overcome any challenges. And those lessons learned are important, not just years ago, but they're important today and they're going to be important in the future. And that's what 4-H can bring to the table. 4-H is allowing kids to learn and to grow in a safe environment and it allows them to learn skills that they're going to be using for the rest of their lives. How are you encouraging people to be involved in 4-H with today's youth being three to even five generations removed from the farmer? even knowing somebody that is farming. 4-H is very important, not just in the rural area, but also in our urban areas as well. 4-H has a relevancy that surpasses geographics and goes beyond your home situation. And that's really the important message. 4-H is not a rural program. It absolutely has its root in our rural communities, but there's a great benefit for kids from across the state in being part of 4-H. And one of those benefits is learning how to be the best person that you can be learning to be capable and confident and resilient and all of those other things that are allowing our kids to learn and grow and to be the best person that they can be. And that is across the state, not just within our rural communities. So to that end, 4-H programming has been really targeting kids that don't have a rich 4-H heritage. We call them first-generation 4-Hers, and it's really interesting to watch these kids learn and grow within the 4-H community. And it's not just the kids, but it's the adults as well that are learning and growing as well right alongside their kids. But that is the reality across the state is that 4-H is growing in communities that haven't traditionally been served by 4-H. Certainly the best way to become involved in 4-H is to start at the local level with a club or an after-school group or what we call a spin club, which is a special interest group. Those are ways that kids can get involved regardless of where they're from, regardless of whether they've got a rural background or whether they have an urban background. There's something for everyone in 4-H, and we certainly are excited about the opportunities that are being presented to our young people. National 4-H Week is a wonderful time for all of us to celebrate what 4-H does for our youth and really come together and celebrate the heritage that is 4-H, but celebrate also what the future holds for 4-H. And that future is an exciting future where we have our young people that are prepared for careers that are exploring different opportunities, who are learning to become the leaders that will lead this country into the future. Our kids that are learning about not only how to do, but also learning how to challenge themselves and to be the best person that they can be. That was Brenda Scheider, Executive Director of the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. You can learn more about the 4-H organization and how to join a club by going to their website at 4-H.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
If you have a need, we have the seed that outperforms the rest. Dairyland Seed led the field in yield in 2021 first and university trials with 255 top 5 finishes in corn, 77 top 5 finishes in soybeans, 272 top 5 finishes for silage, and a 6.3% average yield advantage with Hyberforce 4400 alfalfa. And we're bringing the yield again in 2022. Get the latest updates on this year's performance results at DairylandSeed.com. In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome back. It's finally Friday, and now it's time for your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. Now, Stu, the talk text line has been crickets when it comes to reporting rainfall because, you know, it's been pretty dry. Um, and even yesterday, it was just a tiny sprinkle at World Dairy Expo. What's caught my attention, though, has been this freeze warning. Well, absolutely. We're all under the freeze warning. I can add to some rain. Believe it or not, it was a little heavier here in the east. Fond du Lac, the airport at least, reporting 11 hundredths of an inch. And the Sheboygan County Airport, four hundredths of an inch. But the big one is, yes, the freeze warning. It goes into effect from 1 a.m. tonight or tomorrow morning, if you will, until 8 a.m. And that freeze warning covers all of us, all of us, La Crosse County, Juneau, Adams County, in Marquette and Green Lake counties as well, up into Fond du Lac, Winnebago, Washera County not included, neither is Monroe County, but everywhere else, right on through southern Wisconsin into Illinois, even down near Waukegan and Rockford, Illinois, have a freeze watch in effect for tonight. And for the most part, especially around the eastern part of Wisconsin, there hasn't been as wide of the widespread killing freeze, if you will. You know, it stayed a little more mild closer to the lakeshore. I think that all changes through tonight and especially on into tomorrow morning as we expect a lot of 30s or upper 20s. It may not quite be the end of the growing season in some spots in the field, but I think we're going to see a lot of uh, frost-touched vegetation out there. So tonight's the night. If you've got some plants, I know there's some pots on our deck. 
They'll have to be taken in to, to get them through tonight and early tomorrow. After that, we'll be good again. I mean, the conditions look really nice heading into next weekend or next week and through the week toward the weekend. So we aren't going to worry about more of that frost and freezing. But early tomorrow morning, really a, a pretty widespread activity all across southern Wisconsin. All because high pressure is nearby. A strong system off to the northwest. The frontal boundaries marched well through here. The front that's been off to our west for a couple of days. Now to the east, Ohio, southern Indiana, southern Illinois, down to southern Missouri. It's pulling away. It's taking rain with it. Although there are a few sprinkles west of the Twin Cities in central parts of Minnesota, and there is a slight chance La Crosse, maybe Mauston, could see a sprinkle late today. Just that, a sprinkle. Otherwise, I just expect that the high-pressure system will keep the skies clear, keep uh, conditions pretty nice today. Breezy, if you haven't stepped outside yet, be prepared. That breeze met me right at the back door. It's like, whoa, there we go this morning. Uh, it's going to be that way, a little breezy today and again for the day tomorrow, but enough that that frostiness could really be settling in for tonight. Again, it's the freeze warning tonight. 1 a.m. until 8 a.m., and in that time, the growing season may end, even in eastern Wisconsin. I think in the west, we've seen some places where we've had that 28-degree temperature for two hours. That's when the growing season ends. But I think we're all going to start getting on the same playing field then in terms of frost and freezy-type weather and what it's going to do to our growing season. Staying nice and fine after that right into next week. In fact, I looked ahead some, and I expect next week, oh, about uh, midweek, we could be up in the mid or upper 60s for daytime highs with a bit of a rain chance, nothing too serious. That sounds like very uh, positive autumn weather, and of course, that's heading toward the middle of the month by that time. I'll have our forecast details right after this. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compure team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compure.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. As Stu said, you may want to take your fall flowers that are sitting on the front porch in for that freeze warning if you're in the, the affected area. Another thing, too, I'm reading outdoor water pipes. Wrap them, drain them um, so that those don't get damaged as well. But other than that, Stu, yeah, the weather that we have coming up looks nice and not a whole lot of rain. Any worries about fall drought uh, after you get into that forecast? Well, it could be a possibility. You know, we always have to keep that in mind. But at this point, things look pretty fair. Just frosty for tonight. I don't know that we have to worry about the pipes, but we do need to worry about some of those plants. I may have to cover a tomato plant out in the garden. Maybe so. Uh, the freeze warning, in effect, from 1 a.m. to 8 a.m., 
Today, on our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update, I expect a mostly sunny day, and for a lot of us, we'll be around 50, maybe just in the very upper 40s or the low 50s, and the north winds 5 to 15, a little gusty this morning. Clearing out tonight and that frost possibility later on, nighttime lows down around 30, upper 20s here and there, very low 30s elsewhere, uh, north winds at 5 to 10. After some morning frost and a nice sunny day Friday, Upper 50s, that we start to climb out again. West winds at 5 to 15, mostly sunny Sunday, up toward the mid 60s already with the west winds at 5 to 10. And those 60s stick around for next week, Stephanie. So a little nicer. You know, the drought problem, uh, situation you brought up, uh, the crop progress report shows we don't have excessive moisture anywhere, but uh, maybe mid part of the next week, that next rain might make a little bit of a difference too. Excellent. And yeah, that next crop progress report will come out on Monday. Stu, Charity Seabacker will join you uh, next week. So yeah, we'll look forward to talking with you again then, okay? All right, take care. Have a good weekend. That's your Compeer Financial Egg Weather Update. Compeer Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. And you can visit Compeer.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. With the mental health world opening up to a new day, this year's NAMI Walks Dane County promises to take our movement to the next level. NAMI Walks is coming our way on Saturday, October 8th at Olin Turville Park in Madison. This annual walk is where we raise funds, amplify awareness, and further strengthen our community. Join us as together we move closer and closer to mental health for all on Saturday, October 8th. Register now at namiwalks.org slash Dane County. In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather-tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson from Wanakee Remodeling. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the all in the family move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well and like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like 
How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one -on -one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flaps. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. And then you look at the the players, like some of the hitters. What would you so Christian Yelich finishes batting 252, 14 home runs, 57 RBIs, Stinks. 19 stolen bases. Thumbs up or thumbs down for Christian Yelich? That's two thumbs down. Big thumbs down for Christian Yelich. Again, how many more years? He's $27 million. How many more years are you going to give this guy before you just say, he just stinks. He makes $27 million. Now, Rowdy Telez batted 219, hit 35 home runs, 89 RBIs, played a decent first base. Thumbs up or thumbs down for Rowdy Telez? Rowdy, thumbs up. I'll also give him a thumbs up for, for where he should have been hitting in the lineup. He was exciting. He's not a three-hole hitter in my opinion, but that's where they batted him most of the year. I'll give him a thumbs up. Everything was pretty solid from Rowdy outside of his average. But again, you expected Rowdy Telez to be about a 240 yeah. hitter. It's exciting moments, too. I'd Rowdy. still give him a thumbs up overall, yeah. especially because the defense was better than what they expected. Willie Adamas batted 238, hit 31 home runs, 98 RBIs, still stole eight bases, played good defense. Most home runs now for... I'd give Willie Adamas a thumbs up. And and the reason being was I was a little upset with his. He turned it on. As exactly. He raised his batting average about 20 points yeah. from the all-star break. He really turned it on late. Now, granted, 
Willie Adamas is a 260 hitter. He still had a down year, but kind of like Rowdy Telez, he was really productive when it came to the home run and RBIs. And got to remember, he played even better defense than he did in 2021. I'd still say thumbs up for Willie Adamas. Andrew McCutcheon. Batted 237, 17 home runs, 69 RBIs. He was Mark Ananasio's prime the, the, the crown jewel season signing. Can I give him like a middle thumb? Like You can do whatever you want. Can you do it like in the middle? I give him a thumbs effing down. <laughs> Eight and a half million you paid for an old man that came in and basically was veteran leadership. I'm sorry, but the guy couldn't even play in the outfield every day. He was being used as a DH when you had better options at DH, in my opinion. That signing, thumbs down. (laughs) Colton Wong. Man. Batted 251, hit 15 home runs, still stole 17 bases, batted in 47. Colton Wong defensively was awful this year. Can I say he started thumbs down, but then turned it to a thumbs up as the season progressed? I'm telling you, you can say whatever you want. That's not, I'm doing this. Like he, he turned it up a little bit as the season. Like his defense got a little better as the. So the first half of the season, his defense was just trash. It's terrible. By far his worst because he's defensively normally a, a Gold Glove caliber second baseman. So that was a big negative. I give Colton Wong a thumbs down. Now was it because he got better be, as the? I give him a thumbs down for his overall season. The defense was way worse than what it was normally, and his offensive production. Also slightly down. It was a bad season for Colton Wong. The only thing that makes you feel confident maybe about next year is the fact that he did end strong. He did play better defense down the stretch. He did bring his average up about 20 to 30 points in the second half of the season. But he's one of the real question marks. You can pick up a player option for $10 million or you can buy him out for two and a half. Mm -hmm. If you would ask me midseason... I'm not even thinking about that player option. I'm buying his ass out for two and a half million. Now you're thinking about it. Now you have to think about it because he's going to be 32. It'll be probably one of his last prime years. If you get the normal standard Colton Wong that plays good defense and hits about 260, 12 to 15 home runs, kind of what he did productive wise this season uh, when it comes to home runs and RBIs. Yeah, it's worth it. But you also have to think you have Bryce Terang, guy that's chomping at the bit in AAA, a top five prospect, a guy that's got uh, major league bloodlines. Like, so there is a real question there, and I'm 50-50 on what they do. Hunter Renfro, batted 255, hit 29 home runs, 72 RBIs, probably missed about 100 at bats. Uh, I'm a big thumbs up. Thumbs up, but how he was used for management or Craig Council? Thumbs down. He also played solid defense, especially with that arm. Yeah, Hunter Renfro again was on pace. If you would have got about a hundred more at bats, to to once again for the second straight season have a career year. Yeah, still really a good year, especially for missing the probably about 25 games is what he missed. But yeah, Hunter Renfro, big plus. Tyrone Taylor. I'm kind of well, indifferent yeah, on him. He he kind of got hot in the second half of the I season. I mean, for who he is and what he is, a thumbs up, He's average defensively. He's not going to move the needle. He kind of just is what he for is. what he is, a thumbs up. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome back on a Friday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff with the Midwest Farm Report. 
It's pretty incredible what Wisconsin has to offer that's drawing meetings from industries across the board. The global dairy industry gets together in Madison, and this month, the international maple syrup industry will come together in La Crosse. Wisconsin is hosting the International Maple Conference for the first time in 16 years, and they're coming off of a pandemic hiatus. Teresa Baroon talks about the show. She's the executive director of the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association, and she and her family run about 1,200 taps in De Pere, Wisconsin. She tells us more about the event that is open for anyone to attend. October 26th through the 29th, we are hosting the 2022 International Maple Conference in La Crosse. This is a big event. It brings in producers from many different maple producing states and internationally to come and um, see what Wisconsin Maple has and kind of showcase the maple industry um, from including tours of maple um, producers in the state to many technical sessions about maple syrup um, from the taste of success, you know, something about quality maple syrup production, selling your maple syrup online, um, yields in syrup flavor from maple trees, um, forest management, um, value-added products. It's a huge arrangement. On Saturday, October 29th, we have over 24 speakers speaking on different topics and technical sessions on maple syrup. What do you anticipate for attendance? We are hoping um, between three and 500 people in attendance. Um, this is really something that is special to the Wisconsin area. It was last in Green Bay and 16 years ago in 2006. So this it doesn't come around to the states very often. So, you know, and it also brings the North American Maple Syrup Council also puts a great deal into this um, event. And one thing really neat about our event, we are having some one-day registration. So people can, if they want to come just for Thursday, they can register for Thursday. If they just want to come for the tours on Friday of different maple producers, we have a wide range of tours, um, from a maple tour to a river tour. If they want to come just on Saturday for the technical sessions, they can do that. Or if they want to just come for the banquet. We also do a maple syrup judging contest. And the judging contest, if you're registered for the conference, um, you can get your syrup judged and then um, get an award for the judging. And one thing also at the conference, we are working with the University of Maine Extension, and they are putting on a grading school, um, the International Grading School, following the conference on Sunday, October 30th, and Monday the 31st that you can register for as well. It sounds very enticing, like maybe I want to come, but I'm not a producer. So is it just producers that can come? No, the event's open to everybody. You don't need to be a member of the um, Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association. You can, anybody can um, come. You can register on www.wismaple.org slash 2022. How has been setting this event up? I assume it's been all hands on deck. How many volunteers or staff have you needed to put this thing together? Are you still in search of volunteers for the event? Well, we have over 87 volunteers that have helped set up the event. This event was supposed to be in 2020 in La Crosse, and we had to cancel it because of COVID. So uh, a lot of work was done, then replanning, and then planning again. Um, 
we have a great group of um, Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association members that are helping volunteer. It's really what we're hoping for is to get people to come to the event, enjoy the events, you know, come jump on the riverboat cruise, come and see those local producers in the lacrosse area, come and learn about maple syrup and the maple industry. And one thing, we have a huge vendor show. We have over 32 vendors that are going to be at the vendor show throughout the conference. Teresa, as a producer, what are you most looking forward to? Is there a certain uh, speaker that you're looking to see or a certain session that you're trying to learn from for your own operation? I am excited to see the collaboration and the contact gaining from the people coming from the different states. I think we have a maple industry update with a bunch of panel leaders from IMSI, NMSC, and industrial leaders that are going to do a roundtable that I think is very can be very informative for all maple producers, and that is one of the biggest highlights I'm excited to see. And also, we're going to have keynote speaker of Native Americans, maple past, present, and future, talking about what the Native Americans have done for the maple industry. Yeah, and I'm looking at that agenda, and I'm like, holy smokes, there's a lot going on, and it makes sense that, yeah, it's open to the public, because there's really something for everyone, whether you're a producer, maybe you're interested in the syrup industry, or maybe you're just a a fan of real maple syrup. What does it mean for Wisconsin to host this event? Well, Wisconsin is fourth in the nation in maple syrup production, and it seems production has grown from year to year. And it's this opportunity is a great chance to showcase Wisconsin maple and the great maple producers that we have throughout the state. As I said, this comes around, well, once in 16 years, and who knows when the next chance Wisconsin will have to showcase our area, our lacrosse area, you know, the beautiful banks of the Mississippi, so this is really um, a great honor to the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association and to Wisconsin Maple Producers to showcase their industry. That's Teresa Baroon, the Executive Director of the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association. Wisconsin hosting the 2022 International Maple Conference, and this will be in La Crosse October 26th through the 29th. The event will include meetings, technical sessions, tours, a trade show, and a whole lot more. You can find it all at wismaple.org, and that's also where you can register to attend. Again, it's open for everybody, and there's also in-person registration at the show. Hey, stay tuned for markets next. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. As World Dairy Expo wraps up in Madison, we're training our eyes on the Meat Industry Coalition Conference. This will take place at the end of next week. The first ever Meat Industry Coalition Conference is October 13th through the 14th at the Doubletree on the east side of Madison. The reason this new conference was established is to bring together various sectors of the meat industry as a unified voice. The event will also explore collaborative opportunities between different meat sectors. You can find that registration link at MidwestFarmReport.com. 
From Chicago, December corn is up a quarter of a cent at 675 and three quarters. November soybeans up two cents at 1360. December wheat is up seven and three quarters at 886 and three quarters. And September new crop 2023 wheat is trading at 896 and a half. That's up six and a half cents. If you are a not-for-profit organization looking to expand agriculture exports, you could get up to $100,000 to do it. DADCAP is accepting applications for export expansion grants. The applications are due November 16th. Wisconsin Agribusiness Associations, schools, or economic development organizations can apply. You could get up to $50,000 for meat and crop-focused projects and up to $100,000 for dairy-focused projects. Learn more at MidwestFarmReport.com. And now we'll take a look at our dairy markets. The November Class 3 milk contract is up a nickel at 21.99 a hundredweight. December milk also up a nickel at 21.39. On the close yesterday, barrel cheese was up 2 and 3 quarter cents at 2.25. The 40 pound block cheese closed at 2.03. That was up 3 quarters of a penny. And AA butter was up 2 and 3 quarter cents at 3.26 and 3 quarters. Stay tuned for what we've got coming for you next from World Dairy Expo. It's what you don't see in the show ring that makes a big difference. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman forever ready electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working forever ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Ham is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 
Welcome back as we round out a Friday morning and get into the weekend. Don't forget the farm team will be at World Dairy Expo today around the grounds. And fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee will be broadcasting live with Compeer Financial from 9.30 to 11 a.m. this morning. And now Charity Seebecker brings us a story from World Dairy Expo. She lets us in on what happens behind the scenes at this premier cow show. It takes a lot behind the scenes work and preparation to make the cattle look their absolute best before gracing the colored shavings at World Dairy Expo. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Jason Danhoff, dairy cattle merchandiser, shares insight into his role in helping exhibitors prep their animals for the show. It's really a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. You get out of it what you put into it. And it's got challenging moments, but so many rewarding moments. And it's a, a lot of fun if you make it that way. And I, uh, I've i really enjoyed it over the years. What all does it take to be a fitter? And what is your role? Well, it just depends on who you're working with. I th- think at the end of the day, it's about the final touches. Most of your clients have put in a lot of effort at home to get to this point. A lot of expense, a lot of hard work. And And you're kind of like the finishing touches on what they've already put so much effort into. And uh, it depends on who you're working for. Some of the clients know exactly what they need to do, when they need to do it. And other people need more of a full service type of situation where you need to tell them what to do. But you kind of figure it out with uh, who you're working for at each particular show. And, you know, the situation always varies, but you should probably be able to do everything or at least have some ideas on what you think looks best or will help them make their animal look the best. How did you get started fitting? Were you just happened to do it while you were showing on your own and decide, okay, maybe this is something I want to stick with? Or where did that really interest kind of spark? I uh, actually didn't grow up on a dairy farm. We lived out in the country. My father had grown up on a dairy farm and we joined 4-H and we wanted Guernseys like my father had had. So he bought us some Guernseys, but we just kind of had to do everything ourselves. And we had some nice heifers, and we were fortunate that we were able to compete at a pretty high level, but we always did the work ourselves. Looking back, it was a really great opportunity to be involved in a colored breed that we were able to compete at a national level a lot of times with what we had. Um, We didn't spend a lot of money on stuff, but we tried really hard. We learned to do stuff ourselves. And eventually when I got good enough at it, other people started asking for help. And eventually I started making money. And as I went through, I paid, I went to UW-Madison. I paid for school as I went, clipping cows. And I just kind of kept doing it as I I went on. And after school, I didn't get a real job ever. I just kept clipping. And eventually I got to go to 16 different countries and work and found out that you can pretty much do it 365 days a year if you want. So I was really fortunate that way. You know, starting with a colored breed, it really allowed us to do our own thing and learn as we went and, and get better. What tips or tricks have you learned over time? Probably been different ways to potentially fit the animal as trends have changed for what the judge is looking for. So how are you continually trying to stay up with these trends? Yeah, I don't clip that much anymore, really. So uh, I, I have to kind of pay attention to what the young younger guys are doing uh, what's going on but just watching what goes to the ring what you think looks good talking to people that judge a lot I'm fortunate to work for some guys that do a lot of judging and 
they tell you what they like to see in the ring, what looks good to them in the ring. And just because it looks nice, you think, in the barn, doesn't necessarily, when you get them out there with all the other ones, doesn't necessarily look like it should or as nice as you think it does. So talking to guys that judge a lot is a great opportunity. And most of them are really great guys and gals, and they'll give you pointers if you need some or want some. And I think that that's probably the best way to try and keep up with trends or to get ideas on what you should be doing to make animals look better. There's seven different dairy breeds. So do you fit or get them ready in different ways? Or is it usually kind of the same, similar top line, everything for all? Or does it kind of change depending on their body size, depth of rib, and things like that? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's the same thing you're doing that you want them to get them straight and angular and dairy looking but uh, it changes from breed to breed like based on like their color markings how much white or dark pigment they have things like that really will uh, affect what like length blade you use Um, that's probably the biggest thing and then like if they're deep ribbed you don't need to leave as much belly hair sometimes or if they have a big front end uh, perhaps you take their shoulder tighter like this is the kind of top you leave but uh, there's a few things that you change but all in all it's uh, generally the same as we go where all do you fit at i know you mentioned you've been to a few different countries but what are some of maybe your highlights when i was younger i spent a lot of time in europe i really made a lot of great connections there and as we've kind of transitioned into the genetics business we have a great market for embryos there and bulls semen um, based on a lot of the contacts i made as i was clipping i've got to go all over south America, Australia, it's uh, Europe. It, it's really been a great experience. Anymore, I, I stay close to home. I'm more of a family life now, so it's a little tougher to get away. But uh, yeah, I've had opportunity to go all over the U.S. from coast to coast and 16 different countries. And it's really a lot of great experiences, a lot of great people. You don't usually see a lot of culture when you're there, but you get to meet a lot of people, make a lot of friends, see a lot of different ways of uh, dairy farming in general. What is maybe the most well-known animal that you've been able to fit and get ready for a show that did well or something like that, like a good fun story that really sticks with you throughout these memories? It's not my favorite question in the world because everybody wants to know what the best cow you've ever got to clip. And honestly, there's one of my own that I I really, really liked. She was uh, the first Holstein I ever bred and she was grand at her Wisconsin stage show. I think it was in 2003 and that to me was like the greatest thing because I took a lot of pride in doing my own, probably the most recognizable cow I ever got to work with was Veronica the year she was supreme champion here at World Dairy Expo in the early 2000s and that was a great honor but you know it's it's always really great that people want you to prepare their best animals that they've put so much hard work into you know whether they're going to be the supreme champion or just uh, hopefully competitive in a class it's, to me it's it's all a great honor it's a, the fortune of who you get to work for that's more arbitrary just doing your best with uh, the opportunities you're given is probably the best part. What tips or suggestions do you have for somebody who is maybe wanting to be a fitter and make this their full-time gig like you said you can do this like it can be a pretty good full-time job it's not easy it's a lot of hard work i did it for 20 some years after college and it's a great living really if you enjoy working hard meeting people you don't have to be the most talented person ever in the world but you'll learn a lot as you go and I think working hard is the key because anymore if you work hard you will get work everywhere and uh, you know if you're a good person that people like to be around and work hard it'll take you a long ways and and just having the amount of ambition to try hard at what you're doing it's enough to get you a long ways in this business. 
that was Jason Danhoff, dairy cattle merchandiser. He encourages those interested in becoming professional fitters to reach out to judges and learn directly from them. Ask them questions. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Thanks, Charity, and thank you for tuning in with us on a Friday. Have a great weekend. I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.